the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Proverbs 3 contains two of the greatest verses that you can lend to memorizing and living your life by. Listen to them. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. If that's your life verse, you have chosen a great verse. And today we want to look at Proverbs, especially chapter 3, especially that section. And we hope that it will bless you and help you and encourage you but also challenge you as we go through the book of Proverbs. This is Bert Harper along with Dr. Alex McFarland, and we're glad that you could join us today. And we hope that if you can get a Bible and join us as we look at certain parts of Proverbs 3 and Proverbs 4 today, that you'll be blessed. If not, just listen. And uh, uh, Proverbs, Alex, are made so that you can memorize them easily and remember them. You may not remember a whole sermon but sometimes you can remember two or three lines, can't you? Well, you really can. And, and Brother Bert, I'm told that, you know, a lot of the Psalms and the Proverbs, well, and a lot of the Old Testament, Ecclesiastes too, uh, the, the ancient Jewish people, they would memorize this. And, you know, before, uh, certainly before we had electricity and things like computers, obviously, but even writing implements, a lot of what is the Word of God that we carry around in our Bible, they had to memorize, but it's written so that you can memorize it. And we're going to, like you said, we're going to look at Proverbs 3 and 4. Uh, let me start with something from 4, and then we'll go back in 3. But the wisdom of Proverbs, the truths of God's Word, in uh, verse 13 of chapter 4, it says, "...take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life." See, the wisdom, the truth of God, hold fast, in other words, grip it, for, hang on for dear life. We are to hold the truth of God's Word in that high of a regard, because like, like it says, these are the wonderful words of life, aren't they? They are. And I, let me just share with you, I think this, this brings it alive to me, and I just want to share it. Notice how it starts off, chapter 3, verse 1, my son, and again, you'll find that repeated, but imagine a father and son walking, as it says in Deuteronomy, as you walk, as you go, there's a father and son, and they're walking uh, somewhere down a road uh, through through some, uh, you know, fields, and, and they're talking. And the father says, my son, do, do not forget my law, uh, but let your heart keep keep my commandments. If you can visualize that, I think you see a little bit what Solomon had in mind, what the our Heavenly Father had in mind, as he conveys these truths to us. And, and Alex, uh, as I read that today, and I, I really did, it, sometimes it helps me visualize something to, to see that and helps me bring it alive. Just like when, and I know you said that, when we visited the Holy Land and, and we saw where Jesus was on the Sea of Galilee, when we saw the Mount of Olives, uh, when, when we saw the, you know, the different things that was there, it brought it even more alive to us. 
So if you yes. can just understand that this is a father giving his life advice to his child, I, I think it makes it come alive and and be that more impactful on our lives, Alex. Well, I, I completely agree. And, you know, the Old and New Testaments, they harmonize with each other. In, in other words, to understand the Bible, look for Jesus, as Norm Geisler famously said, but they, they harmonize. Now, do you remember John 1.14 says, Jesus came full of grace and truth. Look at Proverbs 3.3, 3. let not mercy and truth forsake thee, bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Now, Bert, if you've got those things, if you've got favor with God and man and good understanding, you're going to be in a pretty good place for all of life. And these truths, my son, forget not thy law, uh, forget not these commandments, but mercy and truth all around your neck. And really, what what is the neck? It connects the heart and the mind. You know, uh, in your thoracic cavity is your heart beating. But the Bible uses the term heart to mean our soul and our emotions and our will, but your mind, instruction. And Bert, um, although I think it's shrouded in Old Testament disclosure, when I read John 1.14 and I read that Jesus came full of grace and truth, it all comes clear, doesn't it? It does. He, he really does make life clear. And that's why when you read Proverbs, it is wisdom literature. It is important. Yeah. It is like the book of Job and the book of Ecclesiastes. They're wisdom literature. But when you have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit in your life to guide you, to strengthen you, and you read this, it's more than just wisdom. It is life. And and from that, and because of that, you come to verse 5 and 6, which I read. And I, I think we do need to look at this a little bit more in detail. Famous verses. They are. Trust in the Lord with part of your heart or all your heart. All your oh. heart. Don't A-L-L. don't yeah. Don't put anything aside under His command. That word trust has the idea of laying out before Him as a servant would bow before uh, his his master, and he would say, "Lord, what would you have me do?" And I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to obey. It's like a soldier that has been captured, and he is there before the the capture, the one that captured them, and says, oh, I am yours. So we're his. We trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Lean not in your own understanding. Now, Alex, I I just want to tell you, the part two of verse five uh, has to be overcome. We, We tend to be a little bit stubborn when we, when we see things our way, you know, and uh, we, Is, do you see brokenness in that in verse 5, contrition, lean oh, not in your yes. own understanding? Let me tell you, the times I've gotten myself in trouble and sometimes wasted time and lost money <laughs> was when I leaned on Alex's own understanding. You know, let, let me tell you, um, and, and you'll learn this. Maybe, maybe you won't learn it the hard way like I've sometimes done, but learn to pray about things. And before you rush into a decision, seek what saith the Lord? Bert, am I right about that? You're right on. And and that's it. In all your ways, again, I, 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 you can't help but see all these words that are repeated, all your heart and in all your ways. Amen. As a man Amen. thinketh in his heart, so is he. 
and therefore he follows that path. So in all your ways, acknowledge him. This word acknowledge has the idea of putting him first in everything. Uh, you remember that scripture in Chronicles? It says, you know, and see his face. You know, we we want him to guide us. We want him. It's it's more than following his footprints, Alex. It's him carrying us, you know. You remember oh that? Oh, my goodness, yes. That footprints and in the sand? He carries us most of the time, I believe, you know. I, I know everybody has probably seen that on a plaque or something. You know, one night a man had a dream, and uh, why, Lord, was there only one set of footprints? And the Lord said, well, that was when I carried you. And uh, that's kind of been um, repeated so often, but it's it's very true and very beautiful. And it comes down to humility. Look at verse 7. And, you know, Socrates, the great Greek philosopher, said the wise man is the man who thinks he isn't wise. And what he really meant was, Socrates said the wise man is the man who knows that he really needs wisdom. Verse 7 says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. Bert, it would change the world if if the three components of Proverbs 3.7, humility, don't be wise in your own eyes, Fear the Lord. Refrain from evil. Bert, Proverbs 3-7 would change the world. It would, Alex. And notice it follows verse 6 where it says, He will direct your paths. When he does direct your paths, I believe verse 7 can become that reality. You, you catch yes. You know, and, it, and I agree with you. Uh, do not go your own way, your own understanding, verse 5. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Uh here Solomon is is I wish he had taken his advice better. You know, I'm, I, I, that's a whole different story. Well, you know, it's it's easy to write <laughs> sermons. It's not always easy to live them. Is it? It is exactly right. But notice it says there's a result. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Uh, it is. Uh, don't let it think it's going to necessarily put money in your pocketbook. It might. But it does put life in your life. It makes life better for you. It makes life worth living as we do. It is health to your flesh, strength to your bones. Alex, uh, the first seven verses here uh, and and verse 8, they really do make life. This is the way to live life, isn't it? Well, absolutely. And you know what? Not only in your heart, in your beliefs, in your actions, but in your resources. Verse 9, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst with new wine. This kind of reminds me of Malachi 3.10. You know, um, let me say, and this is just me speaking, uh, tithe off of the gross. You know what I mean, Bert? Yes, I do. Um, look, the government and taxes, they get their part. Uh, don't tithe off the net. Tithe off the gross. God will look after you. I, and that's just me. I'm just speaking. But uh, I think that's what that's saying. <laughs> All thine increase. Amen. And he does. And again, picture this, a father talking to his son, verse 11. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. Uh, he's been talking about following the advice of the mother and father, but here he says, don't despise the disciplining of the Lord uh, and, and his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he 
corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. Alex, this is teaching the deep things of God in in attitude of disciplining us, of helping us. And he doesn't discipline us like a society disciplines a a person who steals, a person who kills. No, this is a father and son discipline, one that's done out of love. So our Heavenly Father, when he disciplines us or when he uh, corrects us, it's done out of a heart of love for us, isn't it? Well, it really is, and and that's what true Christian truth is always uh, the intent of it. The, the motive for sharing truth is really out of love. Like you read verse 11, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he takes delight. You know, in Hebrews 12, we've read that, you know, an earthly father corrects us, and we respect the earthly father for doing that. Well, God does the same thing. Um, You know, the merchandise of truth and wisdom is better than silver and gold, says verse 14. And really the word translated merchandise is really the word profit or result or uh, return on investment. And that's why the wisest thing anybody could do, the most beneficial investment, is to store up not just uh, rich deposits in a bank account, but store up the Word of God in the core of your being, your soul. Bert, it is worth more than silver and gold, isn't it? It is. And notice verse 19 as we go out. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths have broken up and the clouds drop down like dew. Solomon is saying, God knows what he's doing. He's the maker. Hey, we're going to come back and we're going to look more at Proverbs here in chapter 3 and chapter 4. Don't go away, but join us in the next segment. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Avril Haines, Director of National Intelligence. She heads up the U.S. intelligence community, oversees the National Intelligence Program, and serves as an advisor to the President. Proverbs 11.14 reminds us of the importance of wise counsel. Where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Avril Haines as she advises the president. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Dr. Tony Evans says a good indicator of what we value is not just how we spend our money, but how we spend our time. He'll talk about an investment worth making today as we spend two minutes with Tony. Everybody's looking forward to football this weekend because you have decided that to see these men perform in this game is worth my three hours. And you know what you're going to do for three hours? Carry on an intimate relationship. Because guess what? You ain't going to sit there. You're going to say, oh, yeah. Hey, good. Oh, you're going to react. You're not going to just be passive because you've decided it's worth my investment. Well, let me tell you who the ultimate goat is, the greatest of all time. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. 
He's the creator of the universe. He is the sustainer of life. He is the giver of eternal life. He is the one who picks you up when you're broken, who dries your tears when you're sad, who encourages you when you want to throw in the towel. I know a goat, the greatest of all times, the one who is high but looks low, the one who forgives sins and restores hope. So I want you to be successful, but not because of the world's definition. Allow for a reset in your life by making your experiential pursuit of God through his word the focus of your definition and reset of success. Learn more about that fresh start Tony was describing with the help of his CD series, Divine Reset, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. As we go, let us make disciples. As we go, let us tell the world of Christ. We're in Proverbs, God's Book of Wisdom. We welcome you back to Exploring the Word. Alex McFarland and Bert Harper here. I'm going to give the number because later on in the show we'll get to live calls, your Bible questions. And that number is 888-589-8840. We had a good show yesterday. By the way, you can listen to all of the previous shows at AFR.net, as in AmericanFamilyRadio.net. You can get the app for your mobile device. And I know we have a lot of listeners that stream and listen online. I'm thinking of probably Linda Kiger in South Carolina listening online right now, dear friend of mine, and uh, Jeff Williams probably in North Carolina. But uh, Bert, yesterday, the first call on the first show of the new year, we were giving God the glory because the Lord moves through our humble radio show, and we give God the glory, don't we? We do. And James, if you're listening, you have you blessed us by calling in, and we love all the people who call. But when God has done a, a work in a person's life uh, before, but especially during the program, and they call in to, it's it's kind of like responding at an invitation, Alex. You know, and uh, yeah. James did that, and. Uh, I, James, you blessed us. We want you to know that. And you have a lot of people praying for you, brother. And uh, so we're just praying God would use Exploring the Word in 2022 for lives to be changed, lives to be renewed. And, and so, Alex, uh, this is going to be our prayer, isn't it? Well, it is. You know, uh, we're going to get back to Proverbs 3, but one of the very, very first shows that Marvin Sanders and I did and this is well more than a decade ago, but on one of the, it was maybe the, the second or third show, we got to lead somebody to the Lord live on the radio. Yep. And I think that was when Marvin and I first began to see the potential for God using this show. And we've prayed over it, Bert and I, we've prayed over this new year, and we, we really felt like we were on the same page when we got into Proverbs at the beginning. But Bert... um. Let me go back to verse 19 of Proverbs 3. The Lord, by wisdom, has founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens or uh, arranged the heavens. So 
God has all the wisdom. I mean, the one who created and sustains the universe, we can tap into that wisdom that, that well, the word is omniscience. God knows everything. And we certainly never will know everything, but even if we got one ten thousandths of one percent of God's wisdom, <laughs> we'd be doing well. Amen. Alex, it's so true. That's why it says, follow him. He will direct your paths. Uh, listen, he directed the paths of Abraham, and he said, I'm going to show you a city that you haven't seen yet, a country that you hadn't seen, and I'm going to give it to you. And he followed by faith. Whereas his nephew Lot, he looked with his eyes and saw the well-watered plains, you know, of Sodom, and he yes. went that, that direction. I just want to tell you, depend on God to direct you. Seek him. And you're going to have to spend time in the Word to do that. You, get, you can't just be curious. You've got to be serious. You've got to be serious about saying, Lord, I want to know you. And when you know him, uh, he 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 will direct your paths. Now it won't always be smooth, Alex. Let's just be honest. Uh, there's some curves in the road. There's some knocks. There's some potholes in the road. But he'll lead us through the landmines. You know, he really will. Yeah. And so that's reason verse 19. You referred back to it, and I ended with it. That's why it's so important. The Lord is the one who does know, and we can depend on Him. And Alex. Uh, I want to in my life, and I want the listeners who are listening, turn to the Lord, turn to him with everything. Remember those scriptures? With all your heart, in all your ways. It's not a partial commitment, is it? No, it's got to be a full commitment. That's why the old songwriter said, you know, I surrender all, not some, but all. Now, uh, it talks about God in creation. See, God is not only the revelatory God. Uh, he's given his written revelation, but he's the, the creator God. He created everything. It talks about the depths. talks about the weather. The clouds drop dew. So keep this sound wisdom. And, Bert, you know, earlier today I was recording uh, the show that I do on the weekends. You and I both, we do this live show, but we also, you do Exploring Missions, and I do Truth for a New Generation. And in my show coming up Saturday and Sunday, I challenge people in the new year, believe God's truth rather than man's opinions. Amen. Yeah, and I'm going to say more than opinions, rather than man's delusions. I mean, we're, we're living in a time where people are uh, aggressively rejecting truth. And yet here we have, in the 66 books of the Bible, we have the mind of God available to each of us if we'll but read it. Uh, that's the wisest thing we could do. It is. And and I, I just want to tell you, we can't get to every one of these Proverbs word by word on this program, but you can read it, and I, I'll probably say it just about each day. There's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. Half of the, half of the uh, months have 31 days. Read a proverb a day. And not just read it, meditate on it, underline it, look to see what it says. And and I, I just want to tell you, it will bless you. I, I want to turn to chapter 4 and get this one in. I I got two or three things. You know, I wanted, Alex and I was talking about it, and I said, Alex, you pick two or three that you just want to get in, and I will as well. Here's mine in chapter 4, Alex. It's verses 14 and 15. Now listen to that. Do not enter the path of the wicked. 
and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it. Pass on. Now, Alex, that is so visual that here is a person. They're walking down the way, and they look to the side in the peripheral vision, and there's something that catches their eye, and it's folly and not wisdom. It is dangerous and not, not uh, I'm talking about dangerous to their lives and their souls. You do not go over there and entertain yourself with it. You do what? You do not enter the path. You do not walk in the way of evil. You avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. What advice? Oh, my goodness. Uh, isn't that, I, I don't think there's any better advice in avoiding uh, bad choices than that passage there. Well, you know, there's a couple of euphemisms or phrases that are in the Old Testament. Um, they'll, they'll say the path of this or that. You enter the path of righteousness, walk the narrow gate, avoid the path of unrighteousness, avoid the path of wicked men. And then look at uh, verse 17. Why avoid the wicked men? For they eat the bread of wickedness. Now, to, quote, eat the bread of something means to involve yourself in it, you know, the, the bread of hard labor, or, you know, um, eat, do eat the bread of praise and worship. So, uh, Bert, let me just make a practical application. Um, one of the best ways to have victory over the dangers of drugs is to never start, you know? One, one of the strongest victories you'll ever have over some bad habit is is don't don't go there don't get involved and um bert you know whether it's uh, looking at inappropriate material on the internet or or you know abusive alcohol or heaven forbid the dangers of not only illegal drugs but some people abuse prescription drugs or you know Repairing a shattered family. One of the best ways to fix something is to never let it start in your life. Amen. What is it? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure? Uh, yes, you know? exactly. Now, listen to verses 18 and 19 after you just read that. This is so real and so good. But the path of the just is just like the shining sun that shines Amen. even brighter and brighter on the perfect day. Now, verse 19, the oh, way yeah. of the wicked is like darkness, and they do not know what makes them stumble. What a comparison. In wisdom, you walk in the light, and in folly, you're walking in darkness. What a contrast, Alex. And the the the, the writer of Proverbs is saying, walk. He, I, do you hear his urgency? Walk in the oh. light as he is in the light. And, you know, if, if we sound kind of emphatic about these things, it's because you're talking to two pastors. <laughs> we've now, seen it, hadn't we? We have seen it. You know, um, and we've each done a lot of things. You've sat on boards and the board of AFA, and um, we preaching, writing, leading, teaching, you know, we've done a lot of things. But um, we are shepherds of people, and Bert— I've sat in many a family counseling session where bitter tears fell, and to make a decision would have avoided so much heartbreak. The reason I say this, folks, maybe right now you're you're on the the cusp of a of a temptation. Start this year, 2022, 
the year that you 100% walk with Jesus Christ. That's like this pathway of broad open daylight, verse 18. But the way of wickedness is darkness. People stumbling, falling, don't even know what they're stumbling over. Verse 20, my son, attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. It's life and health to you. And that's that's why, listen, the good Lord didn't lay down the rules to withhold fun or make your life dull or boring. No, God set the boundary lines because he loves you and he wants to spare you from much of the pain that people inflict on themselves. Limits are one of the greatest blessings I've ever seen. If I visited the Grand Canyon with three boys. Now, uh, they're, uh, they, they're, they're like their daddy, kind of hyper out there, active as they could be. Uh, that's the way I grew up, and I'm still pretty much that way. I was so glad they had a guard or a boundary oh, over that you didn't that you could go up to and not go any further. Those boundaries that God has set aside in His Word is for our benefit. They Amen. are a blessing, and listen, that is the whole idea. And they're limited now. Notice again, he starts out with my son. You've already read it, but it's my son. It's that conversation. Now, look at verse 23. We got about four or five oh, minutes good. left. We yes. got to get to 23. That was uh, that was the other verse in chapter 4. I wanted keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Alex, this keeping your heart, guard your heart, is what some of the uh, translations say. With all diligence. Now, if I understand what diligence is, it is keeping watch carefully. It is permitting some things and rejecting some things. That's exactly what we've got to decide. And it goes back again. I, I, really, I know I'm beating this to death about Proverbs chapter 3, verse in 5 and 6, but it's all your heart and all your ways you better be careful what you let into your life, hadn't you? You better be careful. Well, the great Elmer Towns, Dr. E.L. Towns, many of you probably know that name, great Bible scholar, just a dear, dear Christian man. But he famously said this. Dr. Towns would always say, Sow a thought, reap a deed. Sow a deed, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a destiny. See, that's why it says in verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. It's interesting, the word diligence there. Be careful with your heart, what you think, what you do, your priorities. Now, the issues of life, the word there, interestingly, I've got the King James given to me by Peggy Rice, who probably is listening, but it means the farthest boundaries. In other words, the issues of life, um, your your destiny, how you're going to turn out. I mean, it, it's related to what you believe and how you behave and what you make a priority. And the good Lord wants you to finish well. God wants to welcome you into heaven one day with the, the grand salutation, well done, good and faithful servant, doesn't he? That That's what God wants to say to every believer, isn't it? It is. He wants that. That's his desire. The quicker you get off of your target, your focus, the further you'll miss your target. 
uh, you know, the quicker you get on target and stay on target, walk in the Lord, walk, you know, walk in the Lord and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Depend upon yeah. him. Put away from you a deceitful tongue and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Now, Alex, you know, I love that. You remember that scripture that says, he that has his hand to the plow and looking back is not worthy of the kingdom? Man, we yep. need to have our focus like a beam on his face, on pleasing him, walking in his presence. And your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Stay between the ditches, Alex. Stay on the path. Don't get in the ditch. Isn't that a well, way to say it? <laughs> I'm going to tell you, we had a three-and-a-half-acre piece of land uh, on our farm. We, uh, My granddaddy had like 35 acres, which that might sound like a lot, but for those of you in Nebraska and Iowa, that's you know somebody's front yard, 35 acres, but in... <laughs> In central North Carolina, it was a lot. And I remember when I was old enough to drive the tractor and plow. And my dad and, oh, goodness, we had a man that worked for us named Ed Robinson, and he's in heaven now. And they could plow as straight as a ruler. And my dad, when he was teaching me to plow, he said, see that oak tree over there? Keep your eyes on that oak tree. Same Don't way look. here. Same way here. Yes. And uh, that immovable standard, and you follow it, and you'll you'll be straight. For us, it is God and his eternal word. That's what we keep our eyes upon. The wisdom of Proverbs. Wow, we've just gone through four chapters. We're going to go through some more, but we're going to take calls in the next segment, and that number is 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Make that call. Alex and I want to hear from you today. weapons of our warfare are not carnal. See, we don't have to engage in psychological brainwashing techniques and all this nonsense that the left traffics in because they're godless, for the most part. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. That's how we fight. Tune in to The Awakening, weekdays at noon central on American Family Radio. Hello, I'm Don Hawkins, here to tell you about Encouragement Live, 55 minutes of industrial strength radio encouragement featuring resourceful guests, plus practical biblical insights to help you face life's challenges. We'll be taking your phone calls, so plan to join us for Encouragement Live, Saturdays at 7.05 p.m. Central, 8.05 p.m. Eastern, here on American Family Radio. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. What is the proper role of government? Romans chapter 13 outlines government's function, and it is basically this, to restrain or to punish wickedness and to reward righteousness. Government was never intended to be our savior. Government is our servant. As we focus on our civil occupations and our civic engagement responsibilities, let us never forget that government is not our God. We don't put our trust in it. We put our trust in our Christ. 
As a result, what we want is a government that stays out of our way and leaves room for our church to do our business of fulfilling the Great Commission. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with a minute in God's Word to help you keep moving forward. The Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Now you might say, well, Paul never lived through a global pandemic. But you know what? Paul experienced long seasons of social distancing, financial hardship, and even illness. So how did Paul find contentment in those circumstances? He learned to live every day in the power of Jesus Christ. He learned to trust the faithful love of God so that he could say, I'm content no matter what the day brought. So what's happening in your life today? Are you lonely? Without a job? Are you sick? Whatever your situation is, in Jesus, you can experience true contentment. So trust him today and keep moving forward. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Beloved, we are now children of God, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when Christ appears, we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as Christ is pure. 1 John 3. Two and three. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Oh, I'm seeing all these calls on the call board. We're going to do our best to get to all of them. The number is 888-589-8840 with your Bible question. I do want to remind everybody that uh, Angie and I will be at The Cove uh, July 8 through 10, the Billy Graham Training Center in Asheville, North Carolina. It's beautiful. I'll be teaching the book of 1 Peter, and then next summer, 2 Peter, so uh I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, Bert, but I'm going to do two books. First, Peter, and you can fellowship, we'll study the Bible, and together we'll pray with people from all over North America. It's going to be a great time. If you've never been to the Cove, it is spectacular. You ought to come, and their website is thecove, C-O-V-E, thecove.org, and just uh, Google my name in the space bar, and you'll, you'll find it. Love to see you up there July 8th through 10. Well, Bert, shall we go to the Bible questions? Let's go. Where do we go How to first? First of all, Arkansas, and this is Stephen in Arkansas. Welcome to the program, Stephen. Hey, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, brother. Hey, thank you. Me and my son, Aiden, were listening to the program, and uh, we were, we're in the book of Genesis right now. And we ran across um, something that had us scratching our heads in it regards when he brings up the Nephilim. And uh, we're at the part where, obviously, Noah and the flood. And it said that God, uh, God was um, unhappy that he made man and he killed um, everyone except for Noah and his family. 
However, um, obviously, there were giants involved in that and stuff, but they also, um, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is if David and Goliath, Goliath was an offspring of, of the Nephilim or a giant, um, how are they still around if, um, if God destroyed everything except for Noah's family, but there were still giants afterwards? And the um, other part of that question is, is, um, a lot of this information is found in the book of Enoch, for example. And Enoch is not obviously a, a book in the Bible. Is there any less relevance for books that are ancient, like the book of Enoch, because they're not in the Bible? Are they not relevant, or do they still hold significance even though they're not in the Bible? Let me go first on that one. There's information in them. There's information that adds to or can add to but on some of those, there's information that's just uh, erroneous and not true. And But some of them add information to that, uh, Steve, and I'll just share with you. I remember as I was in college and seminary that, have you know, reading those, uh, yes, we read them and we could see uh, some of that information. But the quality and, and how the Holy Spirit just speaks to our hearts from the Word of God is different than from those books. I I just remember the, I hate to use the word feeling, Alex, but it was, you know. The Word of God connects, and a lot of those material, uh, they've got information, but there's a lack of the Holy Spirit of God driving it home in our heart, isn't there? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, uh, and by the way, thanks for listening, and thanks for listening with your son. By the way, uh, regarding uh, Goliath and the the giant Philistine, you know, in Genesis chapter 10, this is after the flood, but it talks about the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And in Genesis 10, you've got the descendants of Japheth, the descendants of Ham, and the descendants of Shem. Bert, I would submit to you, all of the people that have ever lived after the flood, all of the 40 billion people and the 7 to 8 billion that are alive now, in one way or another, are descended from the sons and the daughters-in-law, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, uh, the flood was coming. God uh, was sorry because man was so evil. God regretted he had made man. Genesis 6, 8, but... Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That's a huge statement there. And the family of Noah was saved. Now, regarding um, Goliath, um, you know, I don't believe that Goliath was related to, well, well let me say in Genesis 6 4, the Nephilim, the giants in the land. I don't think they were aliens or demons. I, I think they were carnal men from the line of Seth. And so um, the Guinness Book of World Records talks about Robert Wadlow, who at 8 feet 11 inches tall was, as far as anybody knows, the tallest man who ever lived. Um, Interestingly, my dad met him when he was a little boy, uh, when my father was a little boy. Robert Wadlow came to Greensboro, North Carolina. He toured the world 8 feet 11 inches tall, and somewhere... Supposedly, in the photo albums, we've got a picture of my dad as a 10 or 11-year-old child meeting the tallest person. But, Bert, here's the thing. Uh, Goliath, big as he was, was a man. 
And he was actually, all of these Old Testament people were descended from the children of Noah, weren't they? They were. And there's a tribe, I forgot, seemed like, and you and maybe you can remember it, they, they had a whole tribe of tall people. Now, they weren't broad, but they were tall and slim. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I cannot remember the name, but there is. And again, it's in the genetic way for some change. Now, it doesn't change from one species to another, but it's in the realm that from Ham, Shem, and Japheth, you could get Goliath. And uh, yeah. so I, I agree with you fully. Stephen, we hope I, I agree with Alex. Thank you for, you know, this. the book of Proverbs ought to be good for you and your son since you're listening yes. to it. That's exactly how it was written. So thank you for calling. Where do we go to uh, next, Jack, Alex? Uh, going to Virginia to speak with Jack. Jack, thanks for holding. Welcome to the American Family Radio Network. Hey, gentlemen, how are we doing? Doing well. Good. I appreciate you taking my call. I've been listening to you guys for a long while. I always appreciate your input. Um, I had a a friend of mine mention um, Exodus 21 to me, and I assume, Alex, since you're an apologist, um, you're familiar with it. Um, I can't can't really reconcile um, the the presence of – Really, what seems to be God condoning slavery in Exodus? Yeah, um, I hope you can shed some light on that for me. Well, you know, it's interesting. In Exodus 21, it talks about um, really justice uh, between um, a servant and masters. Now, um, let me just say this. Slavery is wrong, and... Actually, believe it or not, human rights comes from the Bible, because if you read the Bible, the anthropology of Scripture, there's no caste system. There's no Dalit or lowly class and then some upper class. We're all made in the image of God. And that's why when you've got like Exodus 17 and the Ten Commandments, you know, you you should not steal or commit murder or lie or perjure or slander anybody not uh, a poor person or a rich person. In the New Testament, it says that we are not to show respect of persons. And so this idea that all people are inherently equally valuable is strongly affirmed by the Bible. That's why, you know, when you go to the rotunda of the Capitol in Washington, up in the ceiling and to the doors of the courtroom immediately off the Capitol, I mean, there's Moses, the Ten Commandments. Now, when it talks about in Exodus 21, servants obeying employers, it's really a job arrangement. Now, I want to say this, Bert, not everything the Bible records, the Bible condones. Uh, and and I, th- I think the skeptics are hard-pressed to try to say that the Bible condones slavery. I mean, God raised up Moses purely for the purpose of, of stopping Egyptian slavery, you know? And, and so, Bert, I know there, there's instances in the Bible of rape, but that doesn't mean the Bible's condoning rape. It's reporting some things that happened. There's instances of violence, and there's murders. We've got to remember what the, what the Old Testament is doing. The Old Testament is telling us about the emergence of Israel through whom would be the, sla- the, the Savior, but um, just because the Bible records things that people did, 
um, it does teach equity and honesty between servants and masters. Now, the word master, people are uncomfortable with that because of slaves and masters in colonial and early America, and I understand that. But think of it more in terms of employer and employee. Um, Bert, when uh, an employee says, look, um, I'll do this amount of work, here's my job description, and the employer says, okay, fulfill that job description, and here's your pay. That's not immoral. That's an agreement. That's a contract, really, isn't it? It is. Let me just give this. I whether this registers or not, I don't know. I, I, Believe it or not, Alex, I majored in math the first two years of my college. But guess what? Uh, when I started studying math, I did not start with trigonometry or calculus. I started with addition and subtraction. What you see in the Word of God is a revelatory uh, vision of God, and that's why you come to the New Testament. And it, it really puts the Old Testament in perspective. Of, of who God is, that in Christ we're, we're equal. And we see that even in the Old Testament, but it was qualified and it was fulfilled for men and women, children in the New Testament. And so look at that as it was developed, as God was revealing himself. The book of Hebrews talks about that, that God first spoke in the law. He then spoke in the prophets, but finally he has spoken to us in Christ Jesus. And it does put that in perspective, and I think. So thank you, Jack. Where were two next? Uh, Alabama and William. William, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you, uh, Alex and Bert. I uh, am humbled to talk to you guys. You have had uh, one of the most incredible ministries I've ever witnessed in how you affect uh, our entire country and uh, and spread the word the way you do. I've just been humbled and I wanted to say I appreciate the uh, going over Proverbs. Proverbs has been near and dear to my heart for a long time. And I wanted to mention something that I've noticed in Proverbs over the years. And, you know, we talk, if you'll notice in Proverbs, the past, it talks continuously about the past. And it's there's good paths and there's bad paths. And obviously the good path that is described in Proverbs is God's will for our life. And he describes the good path in different verses throughout Uh-oh, did, did we lose him? No, he's on. Go ahead. Okay. Um, yes, the good, the good path is described as uh, light and life and safety, and the bad path is darkness, death, and danger. So obviously we want to take the good path that God talks about. What is the secret to staying on the good path? Amen, William. What a great question. The secret, I, I I know I am wearing out Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, but it's there. Trust in the Lord. Uh, you cannot get past that. That's where it starts, that's where it continues, and that's where it ends, William. There's never a place in our lives where we're to take our own path, where to trust him, even when it's unclear when it is, when we can't see it, Alex, the path that God has laid out in his word straight, uh, narrow, uh, we're to follow it. And uh, uh, William, that's a great question. I lo- I'm glad you love Proverbs. I do as well. Alex, would you Amen. answer quickly and let's get to the next call as well. Well, God's paths are righteousness and truth. And I, I, I want to say also, I 
sincerely appreciate those kind sentiments at, at the first of your call. Um, let's go to Gene in Texas. Gene, thanks for holding, and you'll be our final question we'll have time for today probably, but uh, go ahead, please. Okay, you guys, I've listened to y'all many times. Uh, you're my brothers in the Lord. Um, I'm recently retired. I have no children. I did not marry. This is my question. In prom- You know, in James it says, ask the Lord for wisdom, and I have. And I was directed, I believe, by the Holy Spirit to commit to reading Proverbs every day. This is my question. Can you address the issue of Proverbs being read by women, believing women, and how do we uh, read every time uh, this? it says, my son, my son, it talks about the um, adulterous woman and the, um, you know, and I know, anyway, what do you think about that? Now, do I just hang up. Okay, Gene, thank you for that. I, I want to put that, I, I noticed that too, and I could not help but notice that in chapter 4, verse 1, underline this, Gene, hear my children, the instruction of your father. Uh, my son, I, I think it's inclusive, but mm-hmm. in chapter 4, verse 1, it's my children, all of the children, and wisdom is is in the feminine form that's what's amazing that's where he says when you get her you get her proverbs lifts women up in so many ways doesn't it alex well it it really does and gene uh bless you sister god bless you um you know in verse uh 10 of chapter 31 it talks about a virtuous woman and very very often we hear about the proverbs 31 woman and it's speaking of uh somebody's wife right and a child's mother but you know what godly women like anna uh in the temple uh virtuous is not limited just to the woman who's married although obviously most were um there can be a a woman of god regardless of her marital status can't there be it really is and uh i look i'm not sure dorcas was married you know i have to look that up but i it seemed like she was single hey listen read ahead here's your homework Read chapters 5 and 6 of the book of Proverbs. In January, we're doing two a day, <laughs> Alex. But uh, yeah. this is fun. I'm, I'm loving this in Proverbs, aren't you? Well, I really am. And, folks, we thank you for listening to Exploring the Word. Tell somebody about the American Family Radio Network. Most of all, tell everybody about Jesus.